The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of me and very much reflect the hidden recalcitrant inside each and every one of you. There will be topics in bad taste and many you won't agree with. So keep a leash on your inner SJW and jump on in with an open mind as we explore the controversial. G'day fuckers, I'm Lynn Gannon and you're back, I'm back, with another episode of Spoken on Spoken. Today we'll be talking to Paul Brazil. Bru- Paul I said Brazil. it again, I called you Bru- Brazil. See man, I'm I'll fucking retarded. take it, close enough, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brazil. I don't have that, I don't have that Italian accent, I can't do it probably. Alright, so uh, director of the upcoming Proud Boy documentary, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Also director of Living the American Nightmare, documentary about American rock musicians. And Savage, Absolutely. which is Absolutely. a bikey gang. Bikey gang. I don't know if I'm explaining that or giving it due diligence, but we'll talk about them on the way. How are oh, you, man? I'm pretty fucking good, man. How are you? Yeah, good. It's early here. It's, I'm hanging um, in. Uh, you know, we had the Proud Boy meeting yesterday, so I was out a little bit late, but uh, for the most part, we're good, you know? You good? A bit, bit dusty, or? State of the Union is strong. No, I don't drink, actually. So, like, for me, when I go to these things, I just get to watch other people go... Maybe I should drive home, and I'm like, maybe you fucking shouldn't. And and I and in my head, I'm like, oh, I know, I always know I'm good to go. You know, anytime I get a, a pulled over at two in the morning, I actually get excited because I'm like, oh, I get to actually tell them I'm I'm not drinking. This is gonna be great. Yeah, like, pulled over. He's like, have you been drinking? No, officer. No, no have you I been have drinking? Not. Actually, not to brag, but uh, no, no, <laughs> no. But I'm better than most of the people that are awake at this time. Absolutely, I'm doing I'm, great. I'm, I solely believe that if there's a way to make sure that um, no other lives were put at risk for drunk drivers driving, they should be allowed to drive. I because agree. if they kill themselves, that's just fucking, that's evolution, man. That's survival of the fittest. If you want I to get agree. in a car when you're drunk and drive home, you kill yourself, that's, do that to yourself, it's fine. I've had arguments with, like, hardcore drug users, where I'm like, well, obviously I think all drugs should be legal, even though I've never touched a drug in my life. And they go, oh no, man. Coke can't be legal. I'm like, oh, but you could do it. Just the rest yeah. of us can't do it. And they're like, no, but it's brutal. It's, I go, no, I know all those things, but if heroin was legal tomorrow, I still wouldn't do it. Uh, and, you know, if you if the only thing keeping you from doing heroin is its illegality, I think that that's a really silly reason to not use it or use it. Uh, I don't use it because I don't want to put poison in my fucking veins, you know? It is good, though. Um, it's good fun. I hear it's an amazing. That's one of my main things. Like, I used to have, I used to do a lot of drugs and not so much anymore. And one of my favorite things is when people say like, you know, you have any advice for for, for young kids that that might want to do drugs? I'm like, yeah, they're incredible. <laughs> they're absolutely amazing. They will blow you away. They will change your life. You will give up everything just to just to get that next hit. And well, that's one that, of the main reasons you should never do it. What's that Hunter Thompson quote? He's like, I don't want to recommend debauchery, drinking, and drugs, but they always work for me. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, let's get into um. Just about you were at the Proud Boys meeting, so we'll talk about that first. Give us yeah, a little bit sure. of a, the insight about Proud Boy, because especially for our Australian viewers, it's not a massive thing over here. Right. Everyone likes to talk um, American politics and shit like that. I've been so caught up in the shit going on in your country for the last couple of years that I don't even know what's going on in my country. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but the Gavin McInnes show—I mean—that got me onto the Proud Boys movement. 
Right. So tell us a little bit about that because you were directing a, you, the documentary about it. What I'll tell you about that? the documentary. And a matter of fact, I'm going to even give you an exclusive about the documentary. Ooh, but, don't give us too much because I want people to go and watch it. Oh no! This is well, well, no, no. This is this is going to be uh, the first time publicly anywhere I'm announcing an official title for it, subject to change. But the title That's is going to be called the, 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 the title will be called the Firestarters. As of Ooh. right now and going forward, because the whole documentary, it, you know, features a lot of the Proud Boys in it and it features a lot of events that the Proud Boys are attending. So naturally, it's going to be Proud Boy heavy when it comes to things like that. But what it's really about isn't exactly the Proud Boys. It's about ideas. It's about culture. Um, it's about New York City in a lot of ways. But it's about this weird, silent coup that this country had. And and it's happening all over the West, really. Like, Britain had Brexit and whatnot. But it's this yeah. weird, silent coup of this civil war of ideas where the... I Two months ago, I didn't know that this movie was going to turn into what it's going to turn into. Which I thought it was going to be a cute little movie talking about what people thought before the election and what people thought after the election. I didn't expect to be involved in multiple life-or-death situations in the last three or four weeks. I didn't expect that I was going to now be targeted by places, uh, by people like Antifa. These people who claim to be anti-fascist but couldn't tell you what a fucking fascist was if one of them was hitting them upside the head with a goddamn right. stick. Dude, that, that the whole thing, that anti-fascist thing, it blows my mind. Like, there's a quote by, um, what's old, mate? Churchill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the new the new fascists will call themselves anti-fascists. I'm like, that's, and it, it, when I heard that, it struck me. And I went, holy shit, this is it, legitimately happening. The worst thing is, they, they have no idea what they're doing. They're little kids at the end of the day. They're, they're in the back of the paddy wagon with Ryan and Sal, and they're crying their eyes out. Because they're being arrested. Sal's been arrested nine times. Ryan, I don't oh, think, has ever been arrested. But Ryan's the coolest customer you'll ever meet in your life. And they're sitting there just taunting them and laughing at him. And they got people across from them weeping. Because, oh, it just got real. You actually mm. need to go away. You, you're going to have to call your mommy and say, hey, I have a criminal record now. And, oh, Someone's I might... have to come bail you out. Like, this shit just got serious. And I might be on a... Uh, on a terrorist watch list at the end of this whole thing because at the end of the day they're domestic terrorists is what they are they they're, they're not just people voicing their fucking opinion uh if there wasn't cops around they would think nothing of doing some serious damage to the people here so we have people in masks trying to silence speech stifle ideas and intimidate people who would think nothing of lynching any one of us calling us the clan yeah and well, see, I mean, that's, that's the no thing. Irony. Look what happened when the, um, the, the police took the backseat at Berkeley. Mm, right. They did nothing there, and that went way out of control, way fast. Look, dude, if you don't want someone talking and stuff like that and you don't like that, fine. Stand out the front with pickets. That's your right. You have the right to do that. You have the right to not agree with someone, and you have a right to peacefully protest. That's the, that's the important term, is peacefully protest. These are not peaceful protests. These are violent mobs. And you never see this from the right. You never see this from conservatives. You never see this from no. the Republicans. If they go, oh, there's a there's a Lady Gaga comment, uh, concert, and like you know, a lot of extreme right wing people uh, say like anti gay. Like you've got the the Christians, the, the the radical Christians and stuff like that who are anti gay. They're not really out the front of Lady Gaga concerts picketing, saying like this is a bastion for gay culture mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They just go, not my thing. I'll keep away from it. Well, and that's that's the thing that that's I don't tolerance. think they realize. 
You're saying that's that, real you know, tolerance. Like, if you want to protest something, make your picket sign and do this. I'm gonna, I got I got fucking news for you. I've never sat around doing an arts and crafts project with a goddamn sign in my life. Yeah. Uh, I, I pro shit to do. I, I protest things all the time. Um, uh, for example, the last X Men movie, I protested it. I didn't go. I didn't buy a ticket. I didn't want it shut down. I didn't go out front and tell other people not to buy tickets. I didn't even go online and bitch about it. I was silent as the grave about the motherfucker. And if enough people do that, then it becomes nothing. Because if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, did it fall? If no one even talks about it. I mean, no if one no knows. one's even talking about the movie. Now, I'm not saying, hey, just shut your mouth and do that. No, if you want to speak out against something that you see as, as morally reprehensible and wrong... Absolutely debate it, and I welcome anybody to debate it. As a matter of fact, I'm going uh, to Virginia this this weekend, and I have to ha debate a feminist, and I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. They're basically just like, we're going to put you two in a room, and you'll disagree. And I was like, sure. And, sure, and why not? That sounds fantastic, man. Are you going to get a live stream this? Is this going to be... Can we catch uh, this? Yes. Um, uh, and... I w oh, my God. Is it on Rough House Radio? It's um, DJ401K and somebody else in Virginia Beach. Uh, and I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. But that's the thing. That's what we should be doing. And I can't stand it that I have a lot of liberal friends this past week, two weeks alone, who broke my heart. Because I, I really wanted to reach out to them about the violence at UC Berkeley, about the violence in D.C., about the violence in NYU, and how I'm personally seeing some of these things. And, and you know, guys like Gavin McInnes, who it's like, I see this guy. Like, we hang out. Like, we were drinking. We were drinking. I wasn't drinking. I was having a cup of coffee, and he was drinking last night. He's in front of me, and he gets maced in the face. Is comes home and his son hugs him because daddy got hurt and gets mace in his eyes because there's still mace on his clothes and his oh, eyes swell dude. up. It's fucked up. And I tell my fucking liberal friends this and I swear to God, they go, well, Good. why didn't yeah. he check the clothes that he was wearing? And I'm like, can't you just say the words that's horrible before we go, go any further? I had a friend who actually said to me, and this is a girl who I've known for years. I love her. She's an amazing artist. And I got on the phone with her because I was so depressed. And I just went, listen, you, I'm like, there's, I go, do you know what's happening at UC Berkeley right now? And she went, well, what's your version of what's happening? I go, it's on fire. And she's just like, well, well, well you know, there's violence on both sides. I go, no, there isn't. No, there fucking isn't. I'm sorry. I go, there was a woman's march with a million people, two million people, whatever. And that's great. I didn't see any Trump supporters going, we got to throw D-cell batteries in their fucking face. I didn't see yeah. any Trump supporters trying to mace any women marching. And I swear to God, the next sentence out of her mouth, and it depressed me like I couldn't sleep. She goes, yeah, that's because they're cowards. And I went, so Trump supporters are cowards for not going to the women's march and trying to hurt people, smashing windows and setting cars on fire. And she went, yeah. And I went... I don't, I That's don't absolutely ridiculous. That. I, I, I would say Trump supporters are way braver. One, I mean, there's less people that are out and about it. I mean, that's your first degree of Proud Boy, right? Is to be <laughs> open about supporting Trump. Right. Even if you don't like the guy, support him because he's your president. Mm. And that's the only way he's going to become, if you don't like his values and stuff like that, um, the only way he's going to become a fit president or a better person, a you know, better candidate, is if he gets the support of the American people. He's going to listen to you more if you support him and give right. him alternative ideas. Not this... But if you wear a red hat with MAGA on it, man, anywhere, you're likely to come into confrontation. That's bravery. Like, and that's, that's standing up for what you believe in, overtly. Outside NYU, when you're outnumbered 200 to 10, 
Yeah, and, that's... And they go, fuck it, we're walking in the front door anyway. Why are we walking in the front door? Because we shouldn't have to take the side door. And yeah, that's exactly. an important statement to make. And, you know, I understand from both sides, well, why, you know, why didn't you take the side door? Why didn't you do this? It's like, that's the thing, because he shouldn't have to. We live in America, and if you want to yell at me, I'm sorry, I hate to fucking, I hate to, you know, uh, tug on Antifa's chain at all, but I've been yelled at before. I've, hear, I've yeah. heard loud noises my whole fucking life, and I've even been hit in the face a couple times, so you're not doing anything that's going to surprise me. And it's funny because these people are fucking shocked when you fight back. Shocked. They can't believe that you're, uh, uh, like, even getting in their face. They can't believe you're saying words to them because they're so sheltered. And keep this in mind, too. For, for all their bullshit of white privilege and them trying to tell us to check my privilege, I was just telling you, I live on Halstead Street. It's uh, in a horrible neighborhood in New Jersey where Queen Latifah grew up. So you're in a rough spot. Like, you're in a rough area. I'm in the roughest area that they would never dream to walk down my street. And it's like, and, and all my neighbors are black, and I love them. They're awesome people. I, I live next to Jamaicans. I live by uh, black bikers. All these really cool guys who we could bullshit all day. And it blows my mind because it really is like, dude, you all are upper middle class white kids. Like, you've never encountered, like, a mugging... You've never encountered like, um, like just a anything really that happens in like you know, areas where you live. But one of the problems is about areas where you live, especially, is when an outsider comes in. If you live in that area, yeah, sure, it's a rough area, but the community's got your back. That's that's one of well, the high community. I, I'm I'll tell you right now. There's criminals who live on my block too, but I mind my business and they mind theirs, and we say hi to each other, and it is what it is, because I'm not there to, to piss in anyone's Cheerios. I'm there to live my life, and they understand and recognize that, and I understand and recognize the same thing. And it it's just tremendous to me that these rich white kids whose mommies and daddies are paying for them to go to college are going to tell me how privileged I am. I'm like, I live with black people. I see black people every day. I, I see poverty every day. I live in the fucking grit, and you're going to sit there, you're going to come from Upper Montclair and Verona and all these fucking places, and you're going to tell me <laughs> that I'm privileged? You go to NYU! There's nothing more privileged than that. I went to New like, York Film Academy, and when I went there, it was the, the most frustrating thing was every family member, when you come home, goes, are you in NYU? And I had to go... <sighs> No, I'm in a far worse school. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter that you still get the same degree. It's not paying as much oh, for it, Oh, degree. Right? No, 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 no. I went to a technical school. Um, uh, so it's one of those things where it's like I, I learned very early on when it comes to film, all that matters is what you can and can't do. They don't give a shit I, that you have a master's in this or you know that or whatever. I honestly believe in any kind of uh, media production and stuff like that, that's your main credentials, is your, is your backlog, your resume. That's all like, they care of, about. Of, of projects. That's what they want to see. They don't care what certificates you've got or what gear you're running. They want to go, they want to go oh, can we see some trailers? Let me see your showreel and stuff like that. Show That's reels. what they want to see. They, they want to see what that, you've got personally. They want to see that you're able to take a fucking film with no money, with no nothing, put it like a dead horse on your back and drag it to the finish line. That's what they want to see that you're able to do. And that uh, seems to be what I've become very good at, just taking a bunch of shit that it's like, well, this is going nowhere, let's make it go somewhere, and, and figuring it out. And the funny thing is, when you do that, a lot of really good people will attach themselves to you and go, oh, I want to work with this one, you know, and 
that that's something that's really cool, you know? So building, building um, up a catalogue of people to work with is as good as well. Yeah. And so I want to talk a bit about, bit about your movie making because, I mean, that's, I find that yeah, really sure. interesting. Because cool. you're way more dedicated um, than, than I am, personally. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, so you've done, you've done a, a few. So we've got hmm. possibly the Firestarters, maybe, in progress, coming out. The Firestarters um, is being shot right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's we, exciting. I've been that's how mostly... I found you because I thought it was absolutely incredible. <laughs> like this, Paul's ma- he's making this, this documentary oh. about basically, you know, pretty much every podcast I listen to. Um, right. And that was that's why I was like, man, I've got to get you. I really want to talk to you about this. But another really exciting one that I wanted to talk to you about is Savage. Yeah. Is because it says here, well, I was reading it. It said you you got family ties to bikey gangs, so that mm-hmm. must have been one that really hit hard for you. Motorcycle you definitely want to make clubs, that, and I respect yeah. each and every one of them. I I know nothing of any criminal activity that would possibly occur in any motorcycle club. They are enthusiasts and. Nothing more. They are businessmen. All right, no, now that's out of I, the way. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> now that now that they got that, let me tell you what they're up to. Um, well, that's the thing. Uh, this is a very hard uh, film. Uh, a lot harder than I anticipated. I've been actually actively working on it for for years. It's hard to collect interviews when you're saying to people, "Hey, can we talk about my uncle?" And they're saying, "Your uncle was into a lot of shit that we don't want." to talk about because we don't want to be associated with something that could be an accessory after the fact or this, that, and the third. Yeah. Okay, great. Can I just talk to guys in your motorcycle club? Well, you're not going to be talking to one percenters because Hell's Angels have a co- complete uh, media blackout. Pagans have a complete, and they don't want to talk to you, and I, I can't blame them. Uh, so I understand why they do that. It's just incredibly difficult to find people to actually speak with you on camera. So it ends up being something else. Now, my, my uncle, uh, Johnny, uh, was uh, the most complex and interesting person who I never got to meet. Uh, he was killed before, the, uh, before I was born. He was killed in 1977. They identified him by his belt buckle and his teeth in the woods in upstate New York. Um, Whoa. Yeah. That's one way to go. Yeah, the rumor that I heard was uh, a young kid found him and thought he was a dead dog because he had a really long beard and, and really long hair. So that was like all that was left of him was a few things, and they, I heard that they thought he was a dead dog in the woods. And uh, and that he was executed there. Uh, I can and, see why this piques your interest, like not only just because this is your uncle, you know, this is family, but this is, that's, a, that's interesting. Well, the whole thing started when I was eight years old and asked my mother, do we know anybody who was killed? And up to that point, I never heard of my Uncle Johnny. Just painting a picture of you as a child in my head. Well, it's what, you know, it's a dumb little kid question to ask. Like, do we know anyone who's been to space? No, shut up, eat your sandwich. You know, do we know anyone who was killed? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Who? Johnny. Who's Johnny? He was my favorite cousin. Okay, I'm eight. Never brought him up before. What happened? Was he a bad guy? He was not a bad guy. He was a good guy. Well, why was he killed? Because he got into trouble. Okay. So this this led to this weird thing in the back of my head. And my co-producer is my cousin, uh, who's a photographer, uh, Michael Vecchione. And um, he his side of the family was much, like, they were basically brothers with, with, uh, with John. And um, his, uh, his father is still alive. That's my uncle Michael. And he still rides with, uh, with 
different veteran groups and whatnot. He's a great guy, one of the most interesting man's men you'll ever meet in your life. He's a great dude. And um, we talked to him on camera for a little while, and uh, he uh, he has some great stories. But it's like, okay, another piece of Johnny that people might not understand is he was a photographer for National Geographic who took expeditions to Antarctica. He took some of those beautiful photography you'll ever see, seals and just uh, ice scapes and, and, and things that no one's ever seen. That's How a, many people do you know a, who've been to Antarctica? That's a curveball and a half. I was not expecting to hear that at all. That's the thing. The guy was, he was a musician. Uh, he played guitar and he was, uh, you know, he was a photographer who was into all this very intricate nature photography. And when he came home, he happened to put on a vest and he happened to not just ride with, but in some cases lead a very dangerous motorcycle club. Yeah. I mean, there's and, two things that I took away from that. Like one, you can't just pigeonhole bikers. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because they do like to get pigeonholed that they've got this like Hollywood kind of conception where they're out in the middle of the Nevada head desert at some bar that, you know, only they're allowed to go to and stuff. And they all just kind of just knock heads together. And that's their idea of fun. Yeah. Um, but it does. these are individual human beings who have aspirations, feelings, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I think it's a really good idea for, like, is that one of the things you're kind of reaching towards in, in Savage? Like, would that be a direction you wanted to go in? Like, kind of just, sim like, making them real, making bikers seem like part of the community, well, the community, which they are. I mean, how many charity events have got a stream of guys on Harleys come in because a little girl got burnt in a car accident or something like that? You know, these are compassionate people that actually literally give a shit about their, about their, their, their society and the people around them. Well, how, how about this? How about the fact that these are the guys who, when we go to D.C., these are the people we see. These are the people on our side of the line, and I don't give a shit what you did in your past at that moment because these people are now going, you're not going to hurt these women who are just trying to walk into a fucking hall to, to, to go to, like, the deplorable or something like that. Um, yeah. So at the, and keep in mind, a lot of these guys are older, too. Like, they're older guys. They're veterans. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know the history of, of, of American motorcycle clubs, but it all started with these World War II guys who came home, and they're like, this sucks. We used to be in North Africa riding around on motorcycles, and now we have to go back to our boring lives in the in the 50s. And they started these clubs where they're like, let's get motorcycles and let's do the same shit we're doing and work on bikes all day and hang out. And that's how all the the, the, the great motorcycle clubs of the, the 60s and 70s started, including... Because the vets uh, weren't incredibly well received when they came back. Well, World War Two, they were, yeah, sure. These were all World mm. War Two guys. Oh, okay. But then sorry. there was, was another Viet generation. Vietnam, there were the was it uh, Vietnam? Where there Vietnam. Were... Well, and, and because all the hippies got in there and fucking blamed mm -hmm. the soldiers for an, a decision that the government fucking made. Right. The Vietnam um, era guys are the more guys that that I've been talking to. Obviously, uh, mm. there aren't many World War Two bikers uh, left. Uh, there's a couple cool guys who still live somewhere in the desert who were in their seventies and shit, and that's really cool. Um, but also, that's to me, that's the last American cowboy right there. Like, that's the mythos of, of the United States is like having these these biker guys, um, you know, who just kind of do whatever they want and answer to nobody. And and I mean, like, you have to understand too. It's um, if you read Hunter Thompson's Hell's Angels, uh, one of the things he points out is the biker in the leather jacket with the leather shit. By the time the '60s rolled around, that was old school to them. They looked at that as, like, throwback motorcycle. So, like, the punk rocker Ramones leather jacket guys, 
that yeah. now isn't a, what a biker looks like. And they used to look at that as like some pussy shit because you're wearing safety gear. And the old Hells Angels uh, uniforms yeah. was a Levi's denim jacket that you cut the sleeves off of and you put your colors on the back. And they wore particular Levi's uh, jeans that they all had to get the same type of brand. And then during your initiation, you got your ass handed to you. So you got beat in just like the Proud Boys in their second degree. Yep. You, not just like... But similar. They didn't exactly name cereals and then get hugs. Um, but it's, they got- it's, 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 I think it's it's funny. And it's, it, like a lot of the Proud Boy stuff, there's a lot of fucking tongue-in-cheek that comes with that movement. Well, you know what I mean? The, hell, the Hells Angels used to beat you up, piss on your clothes, spit on you, throw mud on you. And then those denim outfits that they had back in the 60s, you were never allowed to wash them. So that was also part of the deal. Oh, well. That's- and... That's really interesting. Like that's yeah, some... so so the smelly biker guy. Yeah, there's a reason for that stereotype because you're sitting around in dirty biker colors with your, the same jeans that you're going to wear every day, which, by the way, makes me think, how good are fucking Levi's? There, there's some durable shit. Like, if you, yeah. if you if you wear this pair out, do you have to get beat in again? Like, you have to take all the boys with you to no, the fucking you Levi's pat, store? Well, that's the other thing. You pass... <laughs> You patch him up, and uh, sometimes you'll see a guy, an older biker guy, and his jeans have different patches on it. So let's say the guy, for example, is from the Hells Angels, and he might have a patch on his jeans that say warlocks or pagans or banditos or something. You go, well, why are you wearing another biker's thing? That's because he took those colors off a guy he kicked the shit out of, and then he, as a trophy, ripped that off and stuck it to his jeans. And I so it's, like a, it's like a grown you, man's scout badge. It's like a scalping, and I swear to you, I will have a pair of pants made out of Antifa masks before this is all done. That would be fucking hilarious. Especially because they don't know what to do. They just go, ah, and then you take their shit. Um, but, fucking, you know, like all these uh, these fake instances of um, of Muslim women having their burqa or their niqab ripped off and shit? Mm-hmm. Let me just start doing this to all these balaclava-wearing Antifa fuckers. I, literally grab I, them by the collar, grab the fucking balaclava, rip it off. They're not going to do anything. They're all little bitches. That's rip thing. it off, every single one of them. I have never even entertained the thought of ripping a woman's hijab off, nor would I ever want to, nor have I ever met anyone who does. But Antifa, I've thought about ripping your mask off, and they get so mad when you do it. They are not happy about that shit whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, if you want to fight, the answer is yes. But, I mean, that, that's contradictory because, I mean, on my side, I would like to say that don't punch Nazis. Um, mm. Yeah, unless... Because you're, you're, what you think a Nazi is and what a Nazi is... Not right. you personally, sorry. The, these anti-for people. And what a Nazi actually is, is not only wildly different, it's about 70 years different. You know, yes. like, we haven't had... Even the, the most Doc Martin-wearing, suspender-toting, three-quarter-length jeans-wearing... Bowler hat wearing skinheads are nowhere near what the actual fucking Nazis were like. Um, no, yeah, the guys a bunch probably of adolescent fucking assholes. Uh, yeah, and they grow out of it, man. You just gotta let them go. Just let them go. Let them grow the fuck out of it. Well, that that's the thing too with with uh, the the punch of Nazi shit. I'm gonna tell you this much: if I ever actually meet a real Nazi, I'm taking his fucking teeth, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because I've been put in more dangerous fucking positions because people think I'm that motherfucker. And somewhere there's some asshole in Montana sitting around going with a Nazi flag behind him and wearing a Hitler uniform with a stupid mustache going, how come those guys get all the credit? 
They're cucks. Yeah. They hang out with Jews and they hang out with gays and they hang out with blacks. And I'm go- and I'm like, right, because we're not fucking Nazis. So it's exactly. like you want to keep calling me a Nazi and you want to keep doing that. Uh, I swear to you, I've never met one. I've never met a guy who ran around in a Hitler uniform going, I think German National Socialism is the greatest and I think it's wonderful. And again, I have uh, – and it's not one of these things – listen, I, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm not a fighter. I'm not running around like I want to pick fights with everybody. But the Antifa people are insatiable and they show up with the – we're going to mace you, we're going to throw batteries, we're going to spit and piss on you, we're going to do this, we're going to fucking, uh, 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 I don't even want to say this, but I heard that, hey, we're going to stab you with AIDS needles. Well, that's, that's a bit a much. That's a bit much! It's and I would love much. for one of my liberal friends, one of them, and I, there are liberal people who I love and I think it's important to have friends with different points of view, and I can't stand when I'm reached out to by people who go, how about we just don't talk about this and we just comment on each other's kitten pictures from now on? And it's like, uh-huh. no, we need to be talking about this, motherfucker. We need to be talking about this shit because we disagree. We need to, because when we don't talk about it, suddenly I become a fucking Nazi and you become um, Antifa, and yeah, it drives me if, fucking nuts. Without, ex- without exploring like the other side, I mean, like my YouTube, I do a lot of YouTubing because uh, I'm a fucking nerd. Yeah. Um, but like, at least a good forty to fifty percent of the channels that I follow are people that I fucking hate, are people that I disagree with, yeah. like all the time. But then again, there'll be like a 10, 15 minute video I'm listening, going, "You're an idiot! You're an idiot!" Writing down ideas how I just want to trash this asshole, and then something will. They'll say something, and I go, wow, that's actually a really, really good point. I'll put this down to the side, and that broadens my, my horizons. It's interesting it's, it's you bring that up. an important thing. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, because I love asking people where they get their news. And um, it, it's one of the things, it's a reoccurring, the media is a reoccurring theme in the Firestarters, where I, I ask a lot of people, where are you getting this information? Because at the end of the day, what I honestly, because I'm stupid and I'm a cockeyed optimist, what I thought was going to happen was the left was going to go, huh, they all said Hillary by 12% and Hillary's going to decimate Donald Trump. They were saying this a week before the election, and he then wins the election. So here's, objectively, I don't give a shit if you hate him or love him. Your side was wrong. Like, it got the information wrong. So you have to start going, wait, but who got this right? Let me look at the guys who got it right because they maybe know something I don't. And if I would have lost, if, if I, if, if America, if Donald Trump would have lost this election, I absolutely would have went, okay, I can't really read Breitbart seriously ever again. All yeah. right, I can't really take anything InfoWars has to say seriously. Not just the weird lizard people shit, but anything they say is, is they have their head up their ass. And I would have to reevaluate. How I'm, you know, what what am I getting wrong about this? They did not even, they tripled down immediately. They didn't even go, mm. it didn't even slow them down. They just went, the, the Electoral College is going to overturn them. And we're like, bet they're not. Well, there's going to be a recount in these states. Okay, have okay. your recount. That's fine. But I ask people all the time, where do you get your news? And you know what? And people have asked me, or just not even asked me, they just go, so you just get your news from InfoWars or something? And I'm like, Oh, I like Paul Joseph Watson. I like him. I love Paul Joseph. I think he's fantastic. The guy's very well-spoken. He's very clever. Some of the stuff he says, I go, come on, man. Um, But, you know, he's he's, he's freaking great. You know what? At the end of the day, because when you're looking at my Facebook feed or when you're looking at uh, anything that I look at every day, you know where I get my news from? 
Politico, BuzzFeed, uh, Vox. I get my news from Salon. I get my news from the Washington Post. But I just know how to read it. And of course I have conservative sources on my thing too. I know how to read a Washington Post article. When I see them put an article out, look it up. I shit you not. During this Halloween, don't put on a gender-specific costume on your dog because you're forcing your gender on your dog. And then the next article, they're going to tell me why Trump is a monster. Well, let's take this shit with a grain of salt. As far as I'm concerned, there's three legit news sources out there. Anonymous, WikiLeaks, and World Star Hip Hop. Those, that's the only real journalism that I've seen. I might, I might throw Project Veritas in there, too, because they do some fucking amazing work. But that's journalism. The rest is just conjecture. The rest is just like, it's not just giving you a document and going, here it is. The rest is why Donald Trump is a Nazi and why you should take to the streets. Well, that's not it's, which is, it's not, But it's not journalism either. What's the, like, I'm, I'm studying journalism at the moment. This is why we're doing this. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the main things we learn is how to write how to conduct articles without bias. Mm-hmm. That's like rule number one of being a journalist is reporting news, is reporting facts. And that's gone now. That's why people no, saying journalism is a dying trade. It's gone. It's completely the, gone. The best you could hope for is finding a source that at least is honest from where they're coming from. You know, like, one, of the only, one, of the, one of the only YouTube channels that I watch that is 100% fact and absolutely no opinion? Vsauce. Because Vsauce, Vsauce just does science. Okay. It's just science. It's just. It's literally just. They just explain how shit works, and it's a great channel. You can learn, um, you know, how the speed of light affects things, or um, what happens if this collides with this, and it's just mathematical equations. So there's no, there's you, no, there's no room to it. for like, yeah, yeah. So it's really good. If but you don't like Trump, of... you can't believe this asteroid did this or this exactly, physical. Yeah. yeah. Course. Yeah, that, and it's one of my great. favorite things. Why I love science because there's no right, there's no like opinionated right or wrong. It's it's either this is how it works or this is not how it works, and everything mm-hmm. else seems to be washed up in this this bullshit where people just go, oh, because I think this way, that's correct. And I mean I'm, that's that kind of solipsism philosophy. You yes. know what I mean? Like I must have it right because only I exist to myself. I'll be I'll be entirely fucking honest, man. About two years ago, I really had to sit around and think to myself. Am I being corrupted by somehow, like, conservative media? Because I really found myself almost 100% of the time, still to this day it's not 100%, but a lot of the times, more often than not, just going, well, the, the libertarian guys, right? And I've always been a registered libertarian. I also voted for Barack Obama twice. That's what a big racist I am. And, yeah. um, and I mean, I, I had to really sit there and... and look into myself and go like, am I, am I being tricked? Am I being fooled? Am I? And what it came down to for me is the way I'm thinking about something, not that I'm thinking about something. And what to me, the difference between, uh, in America, at least the terms conservatism and liberalism is liberalism is all about feelings. And, um, conservatism is more along the lines of when you take the religious aspect out of it and shit. It's more along the lines of the nuts and bolts of things that work and things that don't work. And like I mentioned before, when you're a filmmaker, they don't give a shit where you went to school. They give a shit what you could do and what you can't do. A liberal is the kind of person these days who just goes, well, what piece of paper do you, what, what's written on your degree and where is it from? And they don't actually want to see your work. And a conservative is a guy who goes, I don't give a fuck where you went to school. Do you know how to put a B-52 together? Or do you know how to... Did you figure it out somehow? 
Abraham Lincoln yeah. had no formal fucking education. He just read books all the time. And he's our greatest president. Um, and he lived during one of the most complicated times in this country's history. And, I mean, listen, I'm not captain education. I don't have degrees all over my fucking walls and shit like that. I think uh, degrees are, are more and more becoming useless. They're entirely we, we... useless. And they're tricking people into getting these fucking useless degrees from fucking majors that were just strong-armed in by lobbies like gender studies and fucking oh, who, all this... Who made the... the, the what's that? Christina Hoff Summers? Yeah. Did you yeah. remember that joke about lesbian dance... Lesbian theory, dance or... theory. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's, that's so clever. Yeah, she said, if actually... you want to close the wage gap today... <laughs> Sorry. If, you, if you're a woman and you want to close the wage gap today... Major in computer sciences, major in uh, engineering, major in cardiology, and you'll close yeah, the way ja gap tomorrow. But you major in lesbian dance theory, and then you're shocked yeah. when you get out. I'm not making money. I work at a Starbucks. Well, no fucking shit. You chose to work at a job that there's no real market for. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and when they say, like, you know, the, the, the wage gap, why is the wage gap? Is it, and you can sit down a third wave piece of poo. And, and explain to them why there is a wage gap, but it's not the wage gap you think it is. And they go, well, then why does it still exist? It's because the women don't like going into STEM fields right. on a whole. You know, not an individual. I know plenty of very smart women um, who do, who, who buy, studying biology or mm -hmm. astrophysics, and that's awesome. Right. And then you go, um, actually, my flatmate's, um, my flatmate's girlfriend is an uh, oncology nurse, very very smart girl. Mm -hmm. And... And then they say, you know, why is there a wage gap? Why men earn more than women? It's because, because these women are rare. These women don't, they don't, it's, it's not on a whole. They'd much rather be a stay-at-home mum or something like that. And you explain that to them and they go, well, it's not right. You go, okay, well, how would you close the, the wage gap? And they say, well, I, I would encourage women to do STEM fields. And you go, okay, what did you do? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm a barista. Mm -hmm. Then there's your argument uh, right there. there. You like, you're you're the wage gap. You're the reason there is one. I wish I understood this when I was younger because I would have definitely had more of a business mind and interest in business. But instead, I was told by very liberal people multiple times, "Don't worry about money. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's evil. It's evil." And a very smart man. When I was making my film, uh, Living the American Nightmare. Very smart and very crazy man named Bobby Steele, who uh, used to play guitar in the Misfits back in the day, is the most. By the way, all the guys in the Misfits, for the most part, are are pretty Republican, are pretty conservative, and uh, it's one of the rare bands that it's like, yeah, they're just really a bunch of guys who root for the Giants, and you know, like that's the, they have a blue collar mentality. Bobby Steele said, "Money isn't evil. Poverty is evil." He said this in my film. He said, because when you're poor, you could let people control you. When you're poor, you don't have any choice but to do anything somebody else wants you to. And when you have some money and when you, when you live on your own, you get to say fuck you to people. And you get to say to people, no, you're not going to control me and I'm not going to do things I don't want to do. And that sentence right there, while in the minute I was interviewing him, that sentence changed who I was. Where I just, it went and opened up doors for me where I was like, Oh my god, he's fucking right. I don't want motherfuckers controlling me. I don't want to I don't do want this. People telling me what to do. I want, I want to be the one because, telling people what to do. Of course. I well, I want to be able to do whatever I, I choose, you know, at the end of the day. And and that seems to be the mentality with most Trump supporters. And listen, Trump's not my god. I wrote a whole article on, you know, what happens if if Trump screws us over for Proud Boy magazine and uh, all about how like, listen, remember 
you know, if we're going to do a wrestling analogy, we're the guys in the ring still holding the chair. So if Trump wants to turn around and be a fucking jerk-off and not do the things he says, but as far as I could see right now, he's the only president getting shit for keeping all his promises. He's absolutely, right. within 20 days, doing everything he said he was going to do, and everyone said, he's just a, a demagogue, and he's this, and he's that. He's never going to do it. He's just trying to get elected. And it's like, well, that's weird. He's trying to get elected by saying things that no one thought would be popular. And then he gets elected, and they're like, well, he's never going to do all this shit. And then he's just he's like, mm, signing this, this signing this, signing this. And it makes you think, is every other president fucking lazy? He's really getting shit done, but he's a bombshell. We'll um, we're going to take a break here because we have mm. to. People have to pay us to do this. Of course. Um, so we'll uh, listen to all this stuff, and we'll be back with with Paul Brazil, not Brazil, in in just a second. Yeah, every time I go to get new body armor or some more drones, I always go to Amazon. But I don't just go to any Amazon. I go to rogintel.com/slash/amazon. So this way I can help out my favorite podcast with every purchase I make. And I know I purchase a lot. Get to the chopper now. Here at the Prime Podcast, we're dedicated about broadcasting professionalism. Like, really dedicated. Real quick, I know TJ's had to pee for quite a while. Do you need to take a break? Dude, I'm good. Are you sure? <laughs> so you pissed in your mason jar, is that what you're saying? Just keep going with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry about where the bathroom breaks oh, I love your dedication. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes for the sake of the show, man. Listen more at theprimepod.com. And we're back. Go buy all of those things. Um, what were we talking about before we before we went here? Uh, how we, we were talking about uh the oh Trump getting shit done. Yes, I was going to say so we were talking about the interdimensional alien pedophiles that Alex Jones uh seems to think are. are, are oh my god! Isn't that because that's a it's a big thing? No, we can't talk about it. It's yeah. a big thing in America. You guys, well, you know, no, you might not, but the lizard people thing. These. The reptilians, the, oh my god, where are these people coming from? Well, uh, you know what's funny? Alex Jones, listening to that man talk, is like watching a two-year-old play with a handgun. Because he's... Oh, fuck. Because, like, at any moment, I'm like, you're going to just make us look fucking horrible. But he'll sit there, if you watch the Joe Rogan thing, um, he sits there and goes, for the first hour and a half, just... Globalists, and we got it right, they got it wrong, and we're going, I'm going, yes. And then he's selling you, going, this is what's up, and this is what's happening, and then he takes a fucking hit off a joint, and goes, you want to know about the aliens? And you go, what? I want them to go, no! no! Like, it just, just like, shut up! You, just you stop had him Yeah, and, like, this was great until right now. Listen, man, I'm a, the, the guy who, if I had to accredit, like, one person for really uh, making me a true libertarian and, and making me understand what libertarianism is, not just on paper, not just, I registered because I heard it's about freedom or something, was Penn Jillette. And where Penn Jillette oh, got it from, he he's amazing, I love Penn. And, and where he got it from was James Randi, the amazing Randi, um, who is f famously debunked all these psychics and all this, this horse shit and bullshit is the greatest thing that's ever been on TV as far as I'm concerned. So it, it blows my mind when it's like, okay, good, you got that right, you got that right, evidence, right, you got it, you got it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, 
Okay, now I'm going to say, we did land on the moon, but the video of us landing on the moon wasn't the moon landing. We landed on another... I'm like, oh my god, stop with your horse shit! The whole reason why I'm conservative, as I mentioned, it's about nuts and bolts to me of what works and what doesn't work. I want, uh, I want less poor people. Now, the way a conventional... like and I forget who said it, so it may have been Thomas Sowell, but somebody said something along the lines of, I wish socialism worked. Because it's so easy. You all you it have to do sounds like a good idea, yeah. Is raise the taxes and give more welfare and you have less poor people. Take the billionaires and take their money and give it to But the problem isn't that I love billionaires so much. The problem is it just doesn't work. So what does work? Well, when you and, and things like taking away the minimum wage. It sounds horrifying to most people. But then when you look into the nuts and bolts of why it works better to take away the minimum wage, what the country was like before the minimum wage, things like that, it starts to make more sense to you where you go, wait, oh, okay, the, okay, but what we have to do is untie the market from corporatism and then just let it sort itself out, and it usually works well. Yeah, and, well, I mean, I think it, on, like, a take it like less of a level, like, uh, look at just individual people and their employers, minimum wage is a bullshit concept. Because it's literally someone that you're meant to respect and you're meant to go to work for. You're meant to go to work and make this person money. And they're literally paying you as little as possible without going to jail. How you ever right. meant to respect someone who treats you like that? Right. Right. And and, and that's a fact. Um, and, I mean, I, I don't know if you ever, if, if, you, if you saw anything like this come in. But I had a day job right before the election that I got let go of because I voted for Trump. Um, that- wow. Oh, did, did and, you hear about fuck, that? No, dude, that's no. crazy. Uh, America- oh, and and the dude, the right wings are the ones that uh, we're we're oppressing people. Oh no, no. Well, here's the thing. When it happened to me, I just assumed that my manager was an egotistical prick. I I said, "Oh, the owner is a good enough guy." Okay, and keep in mind, just a little small amount of background. I worked for this place. This was like my day job while I did other stuff for my for my freelance. Uh, business and did video and made made films and whatnot, I needed some supplemental income. I was their only full-time employee that was there since basically the beginning. Over the course of the four years or so that I worked there, I made them, personally, made them millions. Take your next five guys who are the next highest, combine them, don't even touch me. Uh, I made more money per customer that we had. I made more money in total. I clocked more hours. So it, not only was I the most productive, but I put in the most time, and I was productive enough with the most time. And I got my balls incessantly broken by the, the manager who had what you might call lead singeritis, who used to oh, say to no. me all the time, oh, you think Trump is so great. Oh, I can't wait to see you cry when he loses. Now, he wasn't even necessarily a liberal. He was just an egomaniac. And I just like would laugh at him and go, okay, well, I guess we'll see what happens, blah, blah, blah. And we'd argue back and forth. But it was never a personal thing. I came in exhausted after shooting the election night party. And it was like, hey, we won. <laughs> we saved the country. Get, got right in my face and was like, you are not to mention the election. You are not to mention politics. You are not to mention Donald Trump. If you do any of those oh things, God. I'm sending you home. And I laughed in his face. I said, you got to chill the fuck out, man. And he was just like, no, don't even test me. Then he proceeded to gather everyone around instruct us all not to talk politics and give a political speech. So I took out my phone and while he and when I say political speech he went no talking about the election. But what I will say about the election is this. We live in a oh, democracy. And it, right. And that that was the collective on everybody standing there just sort of went 
Is this fucking guy joking right now? So I took out my phone. I put on Journeys Don't Stop Believing, and I held my phone up like this and stared at him. And he fucking lost his mind and said, yeah, how about you go home? And I I was like, "Uh, okay, well, you know, if I leave now, I'm not coming back. And and he's like, I don't give a shit. And I just laughed and went, I'll see you. And, you know, I, you know, obviously I thought about suing and I thought about this and that, and I, I opted not to, and, and uh, now I'm, I'm trying to revisit that because since that's happened to me, that was only the day after the election, I know personally five people who've been fired for, vote, for their politics, for you voted for the wrong guy, we don't want you around, it's too uncomfortable to have you here. But because it's not you're, even the wrong guy, that's so fucking ridiculous. It's the guy who's here. literally the president right now. But it shouldn't matter if he's if there are fucking twenty million candidates. Mm-hmm. You can vote for whoever the fuck you want. That's how a democracy works. That's mm-hmm. why they're candidates. I the, you can't vote for the wrong person. Um, like, I, I don't like Hillary, but if you vote for her, it's not the wrong person. That's your individual choice. One like, of you the can't. Mo- it can't be a wrong option. There's no. It's it's a two party fucking system. Somebody has to vote for the other party, and you know what? Our side won. And they, it's not just a matter of being right. It was the fact that we were right in a way that hurt their egos. And their egos just can't process the fact that they're supposed to be the cool guy on top of everything, and you're supposed to be the moron fringe guy. And guess what? We actually had our finger a little closer to the pulse than you did. Which mm. is what I say to people every time they share a CNN article, a Washington Post article, or anything like that. I'm like, hey, read that, but how about you also read what specifically the other people are saying about it? Like, when they when they say things about Mike <sighs> Pence, I'm the most Sorry. pro-gay dude who's ever fucking lived, man. I don't give a shit what you do in your personal life. Mike Pence is not on that level with me. But they'll out of nowhere be like, Mike Pence wants to electrocute all gay people. And I'm like... That sounds a little fucking nuts. Why don't I look into why they think that, and you find out that, like, there was a bill 12 years ago, and attached to the bill there was a provision that Mike Pence put in that said, if gay people do want the option to have electroshock therapy, they should have it. And suddenly that blows up on, he wants to hook all your nuts up to a car battery or some shit. And it's it's like, no one look. you're lazy. It really is. I get, um, on my phone, I get CNN breaking news updates. Yeah. Because I find them fucking hilarious. It's one of my favorite things. It's like a little, um, it's like a funny little Facebook post that pops up on my phone every, you know, every few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, that's, that's where I get my main thing. I go, oh, something's happened. Breaking news also. So I'll read CNN's bit and I'll go, all right, interesting, interesting, interesting. And then I'll type that into Google. And then I'll go on my own search. Mm. But it's just nice that they've got this little thing and they go, boom. Bullshit alert, uh, 10% truth. And you go, okay, sweet, let's go find the other 90%. And, um, but you've, you've got it. You've got to be able to look. You've got to be able to watch CNN. You've got to be able to read BuzzFeed articles. You've, you've got to be able to um, explore shit that you don't like. Of course. Listen to shit you disagree with and know where they're coming from and say, wait, does that person make any sense? Do I disagree? Do I agree? Okay, if I don't agree, why don't I agree? You have to know how to say all this. For example... I don't like um, institutional racism. The difference between me... I don't think anyone me, really does. Of course not. Well, you know, there's one guy in Montana who I'm going to punch in the face next time he's, I see him. But uh, I'm not condoning just punching Nazis. But, but, there's, but, but here's the thing. Um, hey, there's a guy walking down the road with or a, I'll debate the and fuck a red out band of him. and a... That's what I mean! Stuff. Where is like, he? Like... 
with his with his twenty four hole combat boots, <sighs> just smushing Asians' faces into the ground. <laughs> sure, take him on. Where is he? Like, like, he still and, doesn't exist. And, and yet, you know, whatever. But here, here's my point. I don't like in- institutional racism. The difference between me and the typical college leftist is I could tell you why I don't like institutional racism. I don't just go, are you serious? Are you serious? And to them, that's a debate. And to me, I could sit there and break down what is wrong with having uh, Jim Crow laws, for example. And I'm very interested in that shit. And if I, if people take not one thing away, I, I want them to take this away. Watching John Oliver once a week and reading Facebook memes doesn't mean you follow politics. You're oh, weak. Damn. You're lazy. Damn. So stop fucking saying you like politics and you follow politics. And if you want to be Mr. Communist Socialist, great. I expect you to read all three volumes of Capital and explain it to me. Because I have... I read three fucking books a week, motherfucker. So I love that too. You gotta read a book. Oh, because all books agree, right? Like, yeah. a- and it's one of these things there's, like... There's, mo- one, there's one book that I really don't like and your country was founded on it. What? The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that one jumps around a lot. It does, it does. It's crazy, because you had, like, it took years and years and years for the separation of church and state, but it was only after, like, the state had already been built around the church, and they're like, okay, now they're not the same. Right. And you're like, well, they kind of are still, you right. know. Right. Uh, you but not know, all books are perfect, man. Well, like, here's the thing. Christianity, like Islam, in the words of Sam Harris, it's not good, it's not bad, it's a religion. And that's hmm. what you got to understand about it. Uh, there's things in Christianity that are bad, and there's things that are good. So let's take the things that work and use that. And let's take the things that are, for example, the Proud Boys are into the no wanks thing. But they come yes. at it from a different angle. Now, if you don't know what no wanks is, is that uh, I, I, men, I do, but we'll tell, we'll tell the... Uh, yeah, single men are not yeah. allowed to masturbate except for once a month. And if you do masturbate or touch yourself in any way, you have to be within at least one yard of a woman with consent and the idea that the church would tell you that is because it's a sin in the eyes of god to touch yourself okay the idea behind no wanks is well because if you're not touching yourself you, you're building up pressure in your in your primal brain you're bring, building up testosterone and you are now going to actually go to the club you're going to call that girl you didn't want to call, or maybe you'd rather sit at home on uh, by yourself and stuff like that, and you're going, going to, to take stop the next bitching step out. To, get, right, to get that release. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, so technically, did the church have it right? Maybe they did, but kinda, yeah. for the it wrong reasons. which way you reasons. look at it, yeah. 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 So not it, you're going to hell, but like you're going to be a boring motherfucker who plays going, World of Warcraft all day and jerks off with Dorito-dusted fingers. Like, just, that's, yeah. where you're gonna, that's where you're going to end up. Just like my accusation of the left, you're going to hell is lazy. That's lazy. You're being yeah. lazy. Explain to me why I shouldn't do it, and then I'll, I'll listen to you uh, about that. And I go, you know what? He might have a fucking point there. But that's that's the truth, and it's these lazy liberals who, I don't know if they're only half paying attention in class or whatever. I don't know if it's just really bad information they're getting. But it's one of these things where it's like, dude, you know, yelling. Here's an example. Have you ever read the book Going Clear on Scientology? No, I haven't. I'm. That's one of the things I'm looking to get into in a couple of years. Like, I got so much shit that I'm like currently researching. That's my thing. Like, that's a that's way fucked up. I'm gonna leave that alone for a bit. Welcome to the I'll, rabbit I'll hole. 
Let me tell you something right now. One of the things they do if they label you a subversive person is they'll surround you. A subversive person is anyone who's like an enemy of Scientology. They'll surround you and just start saying things like, What? What? You're a pedophile? Get away from me. Why are you fucking kids? Why do you do that? Now, keep in mind, like, you're walking to work or you're, like, outside your house going, Why are you outside my house? Pedophile! You touch kids! Because they know that if they just yell that and say that enough, it's going to stick on you and people are going to go, why are they, why is somebody yelling pedophile? It's the exact same thing the left is doing by saying, Nazi! You're Nazi! You're Nazi! Nazi well, hold Nazi. on. You're Tell a woman hater. You're a woman beater. You're just like, I've never beaten a woman in my life. No. Oh, no, but if we say it enough, someone's going to walk down the street and be like, hey, isn't that guy that beats women? <laughs> well, like, you exactly. Have, fucking evidence of and, this. And like some guy five- yelled it. There's like five things you could accuse somebody of being that that will just put a stink on you. And woman beater is one of them. And racist mm. is one of them. And Nazi is one of them. And pedophile is one of them. Kitty fiddler, yeah. 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 And well, and here's the thing. Now, we, we went over that I'm a filmmaker. We have not gone over the fact that I'm a bad filmmaker. And one of the reasons oh, okay. I'm a bad Let's filmmaker is because I'll, I'll say certain things to, um, for example, the guy who's helping me is Franklin Wright. Um, and he's helping... Uh, I would say produce this film with me, and he's. Yeah, also- I don't want to uh, drop any names, but uh, we're friends on Facebook, also. <laughs> yeah, he, he's one. He's one of the nicest. Like, if you don't like Franklin, it's your problem, because he's the most easy to get along with guy. You're wrong if you're like, I don't like him. Like, well, then you're fucking wrong. And he fucking. Uh, I told him the night of the NYU incident. I said, uh, he goes, "Are you going?" I go, "I think I got to do this other thing for work and this and that." Nothing's going to happen. You go. Bring your camera. Get a little shot of Gavin walking in. Get maybe some crowd. Maybe there'll be a guy with a sign you could film. Uh, little did I know that they were going to be stuck in a revolving glass door. And Franklin was going to be texting me saying, you need to get down here and help us right now. And I'm going, what? There's some shit going on. Yeah, and I'm going, still? Yeah, Gavin got mazed. Okay, we'll get out of there. Oh, we can't. We're being blocked in. And I'm filming the whole thing. And this is this is crazy. I was like... Okay, don't get hurt. And then I'm finding out that people like Ryan and Sal, who we know personally, have been arrested. So I I go, okay, so I'm making phone calls. I find out they're at the 7th Precinct in, in New York by Battery Park or whatever. So I go, okay, great. So I head down there, and uh, Martina Marcota of Con Artist, go to Con Artist on YouTube. It's one of the shows I produce for her. Um, she's Ooh. fucking brilliant. Uh, some people know her as Lady Alchemy on Gavin's show. But Martina Marcota meets me there. Now, me and Martina are there. I'm in a suit. She's all gussied up. She's the most beautiful thing that these motherfuckers ever saw. And there's 20 Antifa people waiting to get their guys outside. (laughs) So we're the only two people. And I'm laughing going, oh, shit. So we go there. They're chanting at us. Well, they're not chanting at first. They're being all quiet and weird at first. And then they realize, like, oh, we're there to get the other guys out. So we go outside because Martina's like, I want a cigarette. I'm like, great. We stand four feet away from smoking. And they're like grumbling under their breath. And, <laughs> assholes. and I'm just go- openly going, did you all go to the horrible bangs store and get the same fucking haircut? You're all awful looking. Do you pick out bandanas to coordinate or do you like, and I'm just openly talking shit to them. And then they fucking, um, so as we're walking away, we get like 20 feet away. We're going back into the precinct to wait on the bench for Sal and Ryan. And they start going, yeah, that's right. Walk away. The second you're like 20 paces away, then they get real brave. So I just turn and I go, guys, we could have been talking this whole time. What? Yeah. Like, so we, uh, we end up going back out. And oh, the, the best part, the thing that made it all worth it 
was this young Filipino cop in like uh, sweat, like in plain clothes. He was wearing like sweatpants and he had like his badge outside his thing. He walks in and he looks at their two guys who are there trying to get people out and looks at us and gives us a nod and just goes, fucking retards. And we fucking cracked up. We were like, oh God, this is amazing. They start chanting, fuck the police. They start chanting all sorts of crazy shit. And one big guy with a mustache comes in, big cop goes, they're chanting, fuck the police. Like, they don't even realize, they don't even have an effect, and we're, I'm sitting there with the cop going, hey, I'm sorry you have to put up with this. It sounds like we made your life a whole lot more difficult. So yep. I go, all right. We find out, like, oh, they might not get out for a little while. So we go, oh, there's nothing we can do about it, so let's go. So I go, and they block my fucking car in. They had two cars behind my car. One girl's following me, and they follow you like this, like smiling like they're blowing your mind by oh, walking with you. Yeah. And I'm just looking at her. I go, hey, can I do something for you? And it's like, listen, I'm, you know, you're not bugging me out. I fuck crazy chicks. So having some crazy chick walk, <laughs> hey. So I, you're actually like, you're no. getting me hard. Do you want to get in the car with so, me? Is this so, where this is going? <laughs> so they see. So I see that the car is blocked in, and I just go, Oh, shit. And Martina starts... Because I'm yelling shit at them. Like, guys, put your masks on. Give me the whole show. What, what's wrong with thing, you? Yeah. So then I notice my car's blocked in. I'm like, oh, shit. So I get in. Martina rolls down the window, and she's like, get a job! You all smell! And I'm like, we are trapped, motherfucker. We're about to have a riot. And uh, they didn't but count she's on- like a snake in a cage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes! Well, they, they didn't uh, count on the fact that I drive a fucking Jeep Wrangler. I hopped that curb, oh. so I went brum, brum, right up on the sidewalk, and they just like went, oh! And I went down the sidewalk in front of like a line of cops and went away. But the point being that I wasn't there for the actual fucking NYU thing, and then all this carnage is happening. I don't even have a camera for that part of it, and I'm just going, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened in my fucking lifetime. That's just insane. Like, uh, and like, I'm, I'm assuming you went past a line of cop cars, cops here, and they're just like, oh, see you, mate. Yeah. That's the way you have to get out. And- yeah, because cause at the end of the day, and, and the fucked up thing is, the way they think about it is, oh, it's just further proof this is a police state. It's not like, oh, we're being assholes, so that's why this is happening. It's, see, the cops don't even care what he's doing. And it's like, yeah, they don't care, because you would lynch me if you had the fucking chance for no reason. that. Like, you're driving on the footpath because, I mean, you know, I'm going to sound like a little bitch about it, but literally having yourself blocked in your car by a mob of people, I mean, your safety's in danger. You took whatever course you needed to to exit that 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 situation. And mm-hmm. I think that's totally fucking reasonable. Maybe if you had to run over a couple of them. Um, yeah. listen, here's, here's the Tennessee, deal. Tennessee, have you seen the new law that came in in Tennessee where you're no. allowed to fucking mow down people protesting on the road? That's a phenomenal law. And Isn't that, that crazy? And that's the like, thing. Like, I'm all for protesting, but these fucking idiots, and they didn't they get so angry when that shit got fucking pummeled by the car because they were standing in the middle of a highway. I'm, I'm truly not trying to be Mr. Tough Guy, and I'm truly not trying to be like, and I'm going to kick everyone's ass using my way. I hate that. Oh, posturing horseshit. I'm not the biggest fucking guy in the world, and I'm sure there's people out there with much more violent experiences than I have. I'm right with you, man. I've been punched in the face way many more times than I've punched other people in the face. Of course. The problem is, and what what I don't think they understand, is if you're going to put me in a position where I need to fight, and if you're really going to make me mad, if you're going to damage my property, if you're putting a, a female that I'm with in, in that same position like Martina, who's somebody who has never done anything to anyone. And when we talk about people losing their jobs, Martina Marcota of Con Artists, 
lost her job because she had crazy people write her boss saying she's a white supremacist. This girl has never done a white supremacist thing in her goddamn life. She's not anywhere close to a white supremacist. What makes her white supremacist? She voted for Trump. And you it's know like, what? What makes people white supremacists these days is literally making a comment like, "White people don't suck." I, like, you know that's, what? That's it. You go like, you know, we're we're not bad, and they Here's, go, "Oh, that means you hate black." It's like we're literally just saying like we're all we're all pretty much the same, I, man. I, and they go, I, "Not white people are shit," and if you I'm don't say that mind, you're shit, you're in trouble. I'm of the mind that any racial anything that you have, even your background or whatever, it's all kind of a genetic accident. I mean, um. George Carlin said, uh, proud to be an American is kind of a silly term. He goes, now, I'm happy to be an American, which mm. I, I actually take that as like, yeah, he's like, pride I reserve for things I earn, and I can understand that. I think white pride is the silliest thing. I think black pride is the silliest thing, because if you it were is, born yeah. uh, an Asian person, would you have Asian pride? Probably. So who gives a Why? shit? You're, you're, you're like, proud what, of what, things this, you didn't do. Didn't you didn't do you didn't do it yourself? I was having this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and she just got casted for a, a, a theater play and stuff like that. She goes, "Are you proud of me?" And I said, "No, not really." She said, "Why not?" And I said, "Well, I don't think that was out of your out of your zone of achievement." Right. You know, she's like, "Well, I'm proud of myself." And I said, "Why? Like, do you feel like you deserve the role?" And she said, "Yes." And I'm like, "Then be happy that you got it." But pride, I think, is reserved for things that you didn't think you could achieve. And you busted your balls and you went out there and did it. Mm-hmm. That's what pride's yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. I was born in Australia. I was born white. These are things that were out of my control. I can't be proud about that. I haven't stro- like strived to be a white Australian. It just so happens I am one. By the way, the funny thing about Australians, I met a fat Australian chick a few months ago. And I decided... They're fairly to- rare. Most of our women are gorgeous. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, I, and all of our men are ugly, so you should move here. <laughs> um. uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be a rock star for sure. I mean, yeah. but so there's this fat Australian chick and she was hanging out with a couple other girls at this bar that we were at with a Irish chick and, and somebody else, all her friends. And, and I said, I decided to test the abos thing on her. Oh, right. I, okay. Yeah, Cause yeah. I went, I don't know anything about aboriginals and abos and stuff, but I heard that. Australians go crazy when you say abos, that that's like the, the N-word to Australia. So I was like, that can't be true. So I said, out of nowhere, like, so you're Australian. She goes, oh, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, <clears throat> well, uh, what do you know about the abos? And she gave me this look and went, hey, mate, it's native Australian aboriginals peoples, okay? And I just like went. Oh, Jesus, that's a fucking mouthful. Oh, no, but I, I just looked at her and go. Well, don't get fucking pissed at me for some horrible shit your ancestors did. Nobody I know has even been to Australia. How dare you fucking get mad at me? Like, hey, my great-great-grandfather once put his foot on the neck of an abo, so you are not to call him an abo. And I'm like, but I didn't, and I would never want to. I could do it, no. I'm like, but, and she's like, it's aboriginals with the, and I'm like, that is the longest thing I ever heard. But in my head, I'm like, that's how fucking the virtue signaling shit that's how deep it is that they'll virtue signal for sh- some shit no one on my continent and none of my ancestors have ever been to Australia in their life. Well, actually, my, my grandfather probably was during World War II. There may have been a slight stopover. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he didn't do anything horrible to an abo when he was there. And it was just funny to me that I was like, wow, so now you're mad at something your specific ancestors did. So it's somehow my fault because I'm a white guy who lives in New Jersey. But it's not even like that, that situation could be tackled a lot better. If you said, oh, tell us about the abos, I'd be like, oh, yeah, um, aboriginals, uh, they're this, that, the other, and maybe some down the line, I'd be like, oh, they'd, I'd, 
pretty sure they don't like being called abos. Not sure. Not one. Doesn't bother never me. Never met one. Um, never met. You know, I, I would love to meet. You know, meet I just explain it to you to and be like. Dude, yeah. you've got the Aboriginals are just like fucking any other race, dude. They've got shit cunts and they've got good cunts. That's... Well, you know, you know what's weird around here. If you fucking Native American or American Indian, anything. If you, if somebody just, all you have to do is go. Well, the American Indians did that, and suddenly it becomes this wonderful, noble thing. I have my own opinions. I look at Native Americans and everybody else as people, and uh, they have flaws like everyone else, and they did horrible things in their cultures to other cultures the way everyone else did. And it's funny because you can't, on the East Coast, where there are no American Indians, you can't uh, mention it. I dated a girl from Montana. And if you even made, like, a Puerto Rican joke or a black joke, she never met a black person in her life. And if you made, made a black joke, keep in mind, as a guy who has a million black friends, she'd be like, ooh, that's terrible, don't say that. Oh, my God, that's terrible. And uh, the most mild jokes. And I, I said, well, who, do you, who, who, who are the people in, in Montana that you guys make fun of? And she just goes, oh, we really don't like American Indians. And I'm like, why? What? And Wait, I'm like, that's ooh. the weirdest thing. And she goes, oh, no. They're all alcoholics. They will sit there. They'll intimidate you. They'll hang out outside the liquor store trying to get money out of you. They'll this, they'll that. And in my head, I'm like, it's just such a foreign concept because regionally, I've never experienced that. You but know? not only that, I mean, like, and, and people like to do that. They pigeonhole. And this is, I'm going to sound super left and bullshit here. But this idea of, like, you know, all oh, the, the, the Native Americans and the Indians are hanging outside the bottle shop and stuff like that. Fuck you, go to Hollywood and you'll see white guys doing that. It's got nothing to do with race. Well, my, it's just my, socioeconomics. My, you know what I mean? This is, is just poor people. My it's point poor is, people. the world is a big place. And the, my point is, like, over here where we have a stereotype about one group that in Wyoming, it might be a totally different thing because they've just, they've never met people from that group or they've never done that. So what, what are, what a joke, a racist joke that would be funny to us or a racist, um, something, not even racist, the word, wrong word, but a racial observation about somebody where we go, isn't that funny? Like, for example, uh, one of the things that, uh, in New Jersey, it takes every black person about 10 minutes to cross a street. And it, it, I don't understand why I don't get... I've asked black people about this. They're also loud as fuck in the movie theaters. It just is. And, and yep. I'm sure if you go to some other part of the country, you'll have, like, a white guy, you know, uh, some drunk oaky fucking screaming at the movie screen or something like that, saying that yeah, he can do I, that. Exactly. And, you know, but the point is, regionally, we understand things different. Just like how in Australia, um, if I, if I said something about, like, Puerto Ricans to an Australian... They would, like, oh, no, yeah, okay. okay. I've never met a Puerto. Oh, we'd get, we'd understand like the Hollywood stereotype, but of course we don't live with Puerto Ricans. So. You don't live with Puerto Ricans. You don't actually see what the fuck is is up. And by the way, somebody pointed this out to me with the Proud Boys. It's funny that you said that in Australia. Well, we don't have many Proud Boys down here. Somebody said, of all the routes that I saw you going, hanging out with a bunch of Aussie trash and UK trash <laughs> is not one of them. And it seems like it's all a bunch of Aussies and UK guys who are just mad at the system. And I'm like, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, it? maybe this was, maybe there's something to that. But I mean, like we've got uh, my keyboardist in my band is, is Mexican and God, I give him shit about it. Like so much shit because a, it's twice as funny because we're in Australia and there is a 100% chance there's definitely not going to be another Mexican in the audience that's going to get offended. So I give him heaps of shit about it on stage. And two, like, we don't have many Mexicans. So it's exciting when you meet a Mexican, and you're like, right. fucking check out this beaner. <laughs> <laughs> if I, well, it, 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 uh, it's funny, because if I met an Aboriginal, it would be like, 
I've never seen one of you. Like, where did you, where do you come yeah. from? Like, it's intrigue. That's all it is. It's not racism. It's intrigue. The, and I knew a Russian girl who used to tell me they don't have fat people in Russia and they don't have black people in Russia. So, like, we, you know, here we have a million big fat black guys and stuff like that. And she goes, oh, yeah. if they just walked down the street in Siberia, it would be like... An elephant, or, or, or like something the amazing, most interesting just thing in. in the a world. A unicorn yeah. just walked by us. Like, you know, it depends on where you where you live. You know. Oh, dude, yeah. we've we've just gone. We've just been talking. I we've tackled almost nothing um, oh, that sorry. I've written down here. No, it's all right. Let's just, <laughs> no, this is good. I'm I mean, sorry, I just fucked up your eye. <laughs> I got I got you I got you in as a guest, and I just found a mate. No, that's good. Oh, sweet man, that's great. Um, I have a theory I wanted to run by you. Yeah. Uh, the new punk is sensibility, and I might have to change punk to metalheads here because we were talking about that earlier. I'm still a punk rocker through and through. D- oh, dude, I love my punk rock. But I think my punk rock might be a bit younger punk rock than you. I'm rancid, no effects, distillers. Yeah, those are all you know, great. Op, op Ivy, like, yeah. Yeah, that's all fucking like great shit, you know? Punk is the new sensibility. Like, yeah, so when I was younger, I had heaps of anger that I just targeted towards nothing. And like, I, I feel like I still have a lot of that punk anger in me. But now I, I target towards being sensible and being rational. And like I think that's the new way to be punk now, yeah. is to be kind of rational and to step aside from everything. And we're not spray painting walls and, you know, writing anarchy everywhere and stuff like that. Right. We're like, hey, it's way more punk to actually just kind of figure this shit out together. Right. And what Frank Zappa said, always been a freak, never been a hippie. There's a big difference. Hippies and the left do not have a monopoly on the counterculture, and they're starting to fucking realize that now. Yeah. The fact that, you know, Paul Joseph Watson just put out a, a video that said conservatives is a new counterculture. Before him, myself and Martina Marcota, con artists, put out conservative is the new counterculture as, as the first episode ever. And that's what this is. When I look at, like, because to me, here's the problem. We all agree racism is bad. So to be like, hmm. I'm so counterculture, and when I say all, I mean, yeah, not the two guys in Wyoming. I mean, we all, everyone knows, it's the mainstream consensus that, that it's bad to be a racist. So don't be a racist, you know? That's great. But to just be like, no, my entire philosophy is don't be a racist. Well, there's not enough racists to fulfill that, to be counterculture. You're, you're mainstreaming. You're not being brave. It's like, I don't know what you all think, but I don't think you should run children over with cars. Wow, what a badass you are. So you're saying shit we all figure is right anyway. It's not like selling selling a business, you know what I mean? You've got to have a target market. And if you're trying to stop racism, you've got to have a target market, which would be racists. Well, it's, but your it's, target market's like maybe six fucking people, like yeah. that are like you know proper racist, and that's it. And there's more, there's more than those six proper racist people who believe that they live in a world where unicorns fly, and they're in a fucking straitjacket locked yeah. in a padded room somewhere. You know what I mean? Like this demographic is not large enough to be taken seriously. Well, as Gavin says, you know, the supply doesn't meet the demand of racism, mm. um, and it, it, and he's right. So it turns into this weird virtue signally thing where people will just... I swear to God, I had a guy who I knew for 12 years who deleted me. He was an actor. Because keep in mind, I took all those theater classes and all that shit. And um, he was an actor. And he posted something about Hamilton. And he said something along the lines of... I don't think that... um, it's time for a white actor to play George Washington or Thomas Jefferson because the magic of Hamilton was giving this opportunity to all these minority actors. And he said, now, even though I'm an actor 
And I would absolutely adore to play Aaron Burr because it's such a great part in this wonderful play that we're all supposed to like. I wouldn't take the part because I want a black actor to play it. And he ended up deleting me over this because I went, oh my God, you're turning down roles? And he went, no. And I'm like, so you just turned down a role nobody offered you. So your whole, like, ten-paragraph thing was all to just be like, look what a good white man I am. Look what... It's like, no one offered... It's like, I would never write for Saturday Night Live. No one fucking asked you, you dumb prick. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking perfect, yeah. Well, you just... I'd I'd turn around and do like, are you turning down that role? Are you, um... Are you gonna play Nigger Jim in the upcoming Huckleberry Finn? (laughs) Is that where you're going with this? You you know what's funny? I just reread Huckleberry Finn for the first time since I was about 13. That is like a fucking rap album. That... (laughs) (laughs) It's... Yeah. As Louis C.K. That's has like a, a little joke. little John and Ice Cube song. Lu- like, Lu- Louis C.K. has a joke where he says something like, "Huck Finn is a good kid. He just can't stop saying nigger." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing piece of literature, though. You know, and it's it stands yeah. the test of time. And it, and you know why though? And this is the the point that that people miss because it's funny because it, it adds humor into the civil fucking war element of this. And I don't know if you heard about this, but in America... Um, a oh, lot the of civil people, war? No, brush me the, up on it. <laughs> no, in America, so. a lot of people got uh, decided to change the word nigger Jim to slave Jim in the book, because people... Isn't that worse? Were getting, well, that's my point. Would you be sitting in a movie theater going, hey, do you slaves mind piping down? I'm trying uh, to hear what's going on. Do you think you're not going to get your ass kicked for that? It's like, yeah. of course. And the, the point, and this is what makes Mark Twain Mark Twain. When Jim escaped, he was no longer a slave, but he'll always be a nigger. And that is not a racist wow. statement. That is that is a fucking... That's why he's one of the greatest writers in American history, because at the end of the day, he's not saying, now the problem of slavery has ended, or the problem of racism has ended. It will always continue for Jim. But yeah. he's no longer a slave. He, At very least, he's a free man, which was in, an important element to that book. And they went, Dude, no, 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 You, no, you literally just gave me goosebumps about how important that line is. Like that That's is so important! Of- it is and so then, important. But no, and here's the thing, and I totally also understand that maybe a little black kid when he's 13 doesn't want to read a book that's littered with the N-word up and down. So maybe pick another book um, for, th- for then. But it's still... Harry Potter, where there's at least one black kid. <laughs> read, read Harry <laughs> Potter. Well, for a 12-year-old, it could be a little overwhelming to be sitting there in class, and I get that. But take the book out. Don't change the fucking book, because the book has a really good fucking meaning to it. It does, yeah. But, but of course, if you say that statement, um, you say, uh, uh, when, you know, Jim's no longer a slave, but he'll always be a nigger. If you put that on a wall somewhere, like, oh my God, you will get beaten the shit out for being racist yeah, because there's no context behind it. I know. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's, it's sad because the, the point isn't, and, and it, when it comes down to when people go, don't ever, ever, or I never even thought that word or used that word, it's like, that would be the perfect context for that word. Because you want mm. to make a powerful statement about racism, and at the end of the day, it's fucking horrible to have... You want someone to look at that and read it five or six times before yes. they get the message, you know what I mean? You want them to go, what the... What? Oh, wait. Oh, wow. The, the, oh, and that just settles in. Instead the, of, like, you know, how many articles do you read a day that just fucking fly in and out of your brain? Mm-hmm. Because they're not written like the, like Mark Twain wrote, you know. The, I mean, they're not written profoundly. This just fucking no. Because it's just this dumb 
unthought out shit. And again, Mark Twain, part of what made the magic that was him and why he's one of the best American writers who's ever lived is because he was funny and because he added this element of levity to it and he humanized Jim. It wasn't so if even if you're the most hardened Confederate soldier. He's talking to Confederate soldiers and former Confederate soldiers at the time. The most, I, I guess, the most racist people you'll ever meet. I'm sure if you go back further than that, there's some asshole who hates the Mongols more than anyone. But I'm saying in that time period, you can't get any worse than we're going to die to defend slavery. And he, that was his audience. And he's making them laugh by humanizing this black guy. And he's not, you know, Jim is, he, you know, He's Huck's friend, but he's also just, like, uh, this funny, smart, strong character, which is important to add, but at the end of the day, the thing that holds him down is the fact that he's black, and that's what Mark Twain was trying to communicate, and I think at the end of the day, it's beautiful, and it would absolutely make a Confederate soldier read and go, I would like to hang out with Jim. Seems like a good-hearted guy. Seems like a good enough guy. And that's humor and jokes about each other is what brings us closer together at the end of the day. And it it helps us understand the other It worked. You know, it worked. You you had, like you said, guys that were literally dying to protect their right to to have slaves. They can now read a book and be like, oh, holy shit. Like, I literally, number 23, come here. What's your actual name? I'm sorry, man. Like, have a beer. Sit down. Like, you know, that's... (laughs) Right. And, and well, and that's the problem, and that's what what Antifa and other groups in, on the left are are doing, and even BuzzFeed and even Vox, they're trying to dehumanize anyone who disagrees with them. I'm not even saying conservative, because at this point, ten years ago, without changing your views, you could go from being liberal to conservative. At this point, anyone to the right of Jane Fonda is a Nazi, and they're trying yeah. to dehumanize anyone who just even remotely. I was watching. Do you get Bill Maher down there? Yeah, yeah, I, I like I try not yeah. to watch him as much well, recently because he's turned into a bit of a knob. I loved him three, four years ago. Listen, I thought he was fucking fantastic. Well, the, the funny thing about Bill Maher, and I disagree with him probably seventy percent of the time, but I think he's funny. He's smug. He's a good he, entertainer. He's, he's a, a good very good entertainer. And he went to high school with my dad, so that that oh, yeah. So nice. I, okay, I'll I'll give him a pass. You're from New Jersey. I'll take it. He, on Bill Maher this past week. The most conservative person they had was fucking Piers Morgan, who was def- defending Trump by saying, maybe we should stop just jumping to Trump as Hitler because that doesn't get us anywhere. And no fewer than two other people on the panel, including an Australian comic who I love, Jim Jeffries. Funny as oh, shit. Oh, he's great, yeah. And, and, uh, and I understand that he has a lot of very, what would be considered like a leftist leaning, but at the end of the day, he seems like a guy who just likes to drink and fucking go off the mouth, so I like him. But... Yeah. I mean, he he was sitting there saying, minutes after, Piers Morgan's like, it's not productive to say Trump is Hitler. And he's like, well, Hitler wasn't Hitler on day one, and Trump could become Hitler. And then there's this woman sitting next to him, this a bl- little short black woman, who's like, well, he's so racist that it, you have to compare him to Hitler. And it's like, none of that's true, motherfucker. None no, of that's, no, that's true. true. And, and and when you have Piers Morgan, who's a notorious liberal, actually going, let's take a step back. I'm applauding him, going, that's great, because I don't give a shit if we agree on guns and everything else. I just want reason so we can actually talk and humanize each other. And you are, he's right. You're dehumanizing any Trump supporter by just going, you know Trump's Hitler, right? You know the guy would put us all in concentration camps if he could. What? No, he wouldn't. No, you know, Obama was so much closer to putting everybody in concentration camps, especially the Jews. I mean, Obama single-handedly like, well, had a hand, a major hand, in the idea that the Palestinians can pretty much just take any Jew in the street and fucking murder him. 
you're right about that. He, yeah. he he was absolutely a friend of Palestine. He wasn't exactly the most pro-Israeli guy. And I am not the most abreast person on that topic, so maybe I have to read a couple books about it and stuff like that. We'll leave, but, we'll leave that one alone. But, no, yeah, but, I, but I understand what you're saying, and absolutely. he. I mean, shit, wasn't he transferring millions and millions to Palestine in like his, first, his last week uh, in office? Like, it was... It, it was he went out with, with like a, a, fuck, a flurry of stupid decisions. Uh, and you know what's fucked up about him? I voted for him twice, and I'm going to tell you why. Oh, man. I thought... Ignorantly. Well, two things. I didn't like the Bush administration like most of America. And no. I said, man, the, the Republicans, if we vote for them again, are going to think that this is what we want. So we have to vote for something else, anything else, to get them out of office. Because if they just keep winning doing this, this is the same horseshit they're going to keep doing. They're going to keep starting fake bullshit wars. They're going to keep taxing. They're going to keep the deficit high and all this other shit. So I voted for Obama. And the other thing was I went... It'll help the ra racial problem because people see that, hey, look, America voted in a black guy, so it can't be that fucking bad, right? Um, and I've never seen... I remember Rodney King, and I, I, I remember OJ. The racial divide has never been further in this country, and it's sad because it's like, dude, I, I, love, I love the black people around me, man, and I love the, the Jews that are in my, in my family, and I love, uh, you know, the gay people that are in my family and that I've made friends with. I came up in theater in New York, for fuck's sake. You think I never met a gay dude? Yeah, um, I, spent ten year, I spent 10 years teaching um, and dancing professionally. Like, I, I know, Christ. like, dude, I'm fucking all over the gay crowd. I love it when people get angry at me for making gay jokes. I'm like, I've seen more gay dudes' dicks than that gay dude. <laughs> Like, well, it, it, I'm, I'm totally, like, it's not in me to be fucking homophobic. One of the things Jordan Peterson said when they asked him, like, would you use the correct pronoun and blah, 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 and this uh, and that? Um, yeah. I remember he, he, it was actually very profound. He just went, it depends on how they'd ask me. And I went, yeah, that's what it comes down to. And I remember being some dumb 16-year-old who every other word was fag and gay out of my mouth. And there was this guy, uh, Armando, who was in a play with me. He was an older dude, so I was like one of the younger guys. And he was absolutely a gay guy, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. And I said, yeah, well, he's a faggot. And Armando just looked at me, and he didn't say, like, don't say that. He just, like, went, come on. And I went, yeah, you're right. So why wouldn't I say it? Because I don't want to hurt your feelings. And that's the only reason to not say it, like, like to say because a I word. care about you individually. Individually, like, dude, the second I you care leave, about the you. The second you leave the room, okay, faggot, 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 faggot. You come back in. All right, douchebag. Because I'm, I'm not right. Because I'm not. A, I'm not Mister. You know, hey, I'm the most free speech guy in the world. But if somebody goes, man, that hurt my feelings. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Like, I'm not going to uh, be like that just to hurt somebody. That's not what mm. I'm about, and it's not what most of the people I know are about. You know. Um, and it's it's why it, it's very confusing to me when I hear but um, the same that we're Nazis. Thing. Yeah. yeah. But if I was I walking down the street talking to my friends and we were having a conversation between us and someone, say, overheard me use the word faggot or something like that and just accosted me about it, I would stare them dead in the eyes and go, faggot. <laughs> Walk away. Like, because well, it's nothing to do with you. Like, it's nothing was, to do with you. Now, there was a guy um, at the D.C. Uh, riot uh, who was holding a free Palestine sign, and he was dressed like a girl in a dress and fishnets and all this other stuff, and he was in the face of this older biker guy, like, you know, doing that. 
Yeah. And I just this kind of up, pretentious, smug kind yeah, of like. And they I feel just, like I, they're ruining your life by existing, and, and it's like and you're not. <laughs> I just looked up and went, "Hello, sir. How are you?" And I knew that that did more to to. <gasps> now, yeah. That being said, and I've I've had this discussion with guys like Franklin and Stephen McCarthy and this and that. Theron Meyer is trans. I don't think I'd have a single problem in the world calling Theron Meyer she. Because yeah. why would why would I hey man, if that's what makes you feel more comfortable and if that's what you want me to do, you know, I, I would I would love to be friendly with you. And and you know, there's other trans people that I've known in my life. It's almost like needing a midget, if you think about it. Like, but all of a sudden over the past three Fuck, years, like that. everyone's walking on their knees, like, I'm a midget too. It's like fuck out of here. Fuck and yeah, it, yeah. but it's such a rare phenomenon that yeah, I've met plenty of trans people in my life, I suppose, and I would never want to hurt any of their feelings. At the same time, if you're just some guy putting on a dress to get in my face and be like, you can't do anything, it's like, sure I can, sir. <gasps> and, and, it's, yeah. it, and it's almost like they just, that goes through them like a shot, and it's because they're setting themselves, they think that there's an intellectual superiority in being offended. So they're doing everything they can to be a big target. I knew this goth chick who used to put on a corset she had double d titties she'd jack them up to her nose and she'd put on vampire makeup and dye her hair bleach blonde and wear these victorian era dresses flowing black funeral dresses and then she'd be like i can't go to the supermarket without everyone staring at me and asking me you questions fucking and- wonder why like, Here's the thing, when I was young, I dyed my hair bright red and shit like that, and I dress kind of weird and have a lot of tattoos, but if somebody goes, oh my god, you got a lot of tattoos, I'm like, yeah, sure, because I like attention in certain ways. You can't dress, a, you can't put on a clown suit and walk out in public and then just go, everyone's looking at me and calling me a clown. Yeah, yeah. We, it's ex- exactly, it's a fucking good point. All right, man, we will have to wrap this up. Oh, shit, I know I talk too fucking much, man, but, uh... No, dude, this has been absolutely sure. awesome. Hopefully, I mean, we can continue this conversation, we can get you back on sometime. Anytime. Definitely, like, yeah. dude, would love to. We'll catch up after another uh, Proud Boys meeting, or... Sure. Even better, oh, you know, we can do it a few times in between now, and then I want to follow this documentary, I want to see how it's going, I want to, you know, I definitely want to do all that. So thanks so much for coming on, dude. We're still working been... on the doc, but look up Savage on Facebook... Uh, look up Savage, uh, the American Nightmare on American Facebook. American Nightmare. Uh, yeah, freaking awesome. Firestarters. The Firestarters will have a Facebook soon. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Paul Bazile. That's P-A-W-L-B-A-Z-I-L-E. And like and subscribe Con Artist on YouTube. Damn, absolutely perfect. Send me mail. Send me your opinions. If you don't like the show, absolutely send me stuff about that because that's my favorite thing to jerk off to. Um <laughs> Send all your dick pics to spoken at rogueintel.com along with commentary on the show. Let me know if you like it or hate it. All right, look, thanks again for coming in, dude. Um, look, that'll do us for now. Hopefully get sure. you back on again soon because this has been absolutely brilliant. I'm glad you like it. I'm, I'm glad it turned out right and I didn't just yammer on like a fucking ninny. But uh, it was fun talking. Well, we can do we there. can do that, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that we... Uh, we yeah, I, th- I feel like we ended up friends at the end of this. This is good. Why wouldn't we? Of course. This is beautiful. Beautiful friendship. All right, guys. I've been Lint, this has been Paul, and I'm out. Peace. You've been listening to Spoken Unspoken. Jump on over to SpokenUnspoken.com for info on today's episode. Email me, Spoken at RogueIntel.com, with potential topics, hate mail, or even to join me as a guest. Spoken Unspoken is a proud member of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Find all of their great podcasts at RogueIntel.com. That was worth getting up early for. How early is it there for you? For whatever reason, I, I thought you were in Wales, by the way. I'm in New South Wales. 
I thought like the country Wales. Oh no no, it's strange. I thought you were Welsh. I'm like, oh, that's weird that this Welsh guy is fucking hitting. Doesn't up. sound like Welshman at all. No, Buckby <laughs> actually does a great Welsh accent. Oh, that that's his go-to. Like, you want me to blow your mind, and he'll like turn on like a Welsh uh, dialect that I'm like, I I've never heard anything. I like wouldn't that. even know where to start with that. Oh, uh, you yeah. should show him your Irish accent or your Scottish accent. Oh, I'm too sick at the moment. <laughs> And we pandered to myself, no, I can't do it, no. Well, either way, that's um, fun, and uh, I, I was just happy you weren't, like, an Antifa guy in, in disguise. Oh, I'm trying to, trying to, like, catfish you to get on for an argument oh, or something. Oh, yeah. No, well, no. It, oh, you know what? I no, that's to... what I do to Antifa guys. That's what I... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring it up, and I to- it totally slipped my mind, but one of the most fun things about uh, the meeting yesterday, there were people reaching out to me saying, hey, can you get me a Proud Boys meeting? And I'm like, ah, you know what? We have to grow our membership somehow, but like, we can't always just be paranoid everyone's a spy. So I told some kid, I, I gave him like these CIA, like, go to the Starbucks at 36th and 8th, <laughs> order a large black coffee, do not drink the black coffee, and then message me on here. And he's like, okay. So he goes there. So, you know Sal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guy with the sunglasses, big fat Colombian guy. I see him. He's all coked out of his fucking mind. I'm like, hey, Sal, I got a guy across the street. Let's vet him. He goes, follow my lead. Follow my lead. We go to Starbucks. Crowded fucking Starbucks. He goes, you have the coffee? And the guy goes, yeah. He goes, hand the coffee to Paul. He hands it to me. He goes, Paul, drink the coffee. And I'm drinking the black coffee. And then he goes, Paul, go through his bag. He goes, put your hands up against the wall. So he puts his hands on the wall in front of and everybody. And you're going to listen. You're going to listen. He's a fucking big guy. Like, you're just going to go, yes. okay, all right. And, and, he, and, he, and it's like this young kid with, like, long hair. And he's like, okay. And he's putting his hands on the wall. He goes, this your phone? This your phone? And he's looking on the phone. He's like, Okay, I'm keeping your phone till the end of the meeting. Puts his phone in his backpack, and then fucking goes, Paul, go through his bag. Is his bag clean? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's clean. He goes, okay, follow us. And we, and we take him to John Sullivan's, the Irish pub across the street. Holy and shit. We're like, this poor kid was like, ah. And then we go in, and the first person we see is Gavin. I'm like, Gavin, this is a new guy. We just met him at Starbucks. We vetted him, and Gavin's like, hello, welcome to the meeting. And the kid, you can tell, thinks like, this is so intense that I'm here. Wow. I'm like, we should have put a pillowcase over his head next time. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, man. Oh, you've got... I reckon you could make a fucking... Just a side channel just doing this to poor kids. Like, just scaring the shit out of them, you know what I mean? It's funny, because people have been writing different Proud Boys, and they've been saying, like, oh, yeah, PayPal me 40 bucks. I'll get you into the Proud Boys meeting. Oh, well. (laughs) Just to fuck with them. But, uh, yeah, man, I was just happy, like, I wasn't coming on, like, so, why are you a Nazi? Like, oh... Fuck. No. Oh, no, I walked man. in it this time. Shit. Well, because well, man, kudos to you for being brave enough to just jump in. Then you know, like that's. You'll notice there's a look on my face when I said the name of the street that I live on, where I just went, because uh, I oh. said Halstead Street, because I know that they watch all this fucking shit, and I know uh, that they absolutely will go Halstead Street, New Jersey, and it's like, and again, I don't think they'd ever walk down my block, but it's one of those things like, oh, I really don't need you knowing where the fuck I live. That's true. I'm lucky in the way that I don't think anyone knows where I live. Like, well, my mum's never been to my house. 